Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Big game is finally here as we hit Super Sunday with the last game of the football season. As always, BetOnline has you covered. From odds, scores, totals, player performance props, and where the next coach will be hired, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your favorite things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get you started. That's B-L-E-A-V. The fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the Believe in Sports Law podcast with Jeremy Evans. Today is Monday, February 7th, 2022. This is episode six of season four. As always, appreciate you listening in and being with us and making us the number one sports law podcast in the world. So we have a very interesting episode for you today. We're talking about creative driven content distribution. So what we're talking about here is this idea of creators, creatives, uh, writers, directors, uh, what have you, um, that are putting content together. And, and of course, content is, is always really started with the creatives, right? You have to have a writer, you have to have a story, you have to have something, you have to have an idea. And that's going to start with a creative, whatever their title may be. And then, of course, distribution is usually controlled by the streamers, the studios, the theaters, or whatever network or traditional broadcast you can come up with. But with the sort of introduction of new technology, the introduction of new streaming platforms, there's a lot more competition out there. And, of course, that opens up more opportunities and generally will drive up the cost uh, and that sort of thing. And it creates a little more freedom when it comes to this idea of sort of spreading information and uh, getting your content out there, right? You have more options. You're not stuck to one, two, or three uh, sort of distribution platforms. You really do have a lot of options depending on what you're looking for and what your audience is and that sort of thing. So it's, I, I think it's really some, something that's been on, <clears throat> on my mind is this idea of the future of content uh, in my mind, really has its promise in creatives who can control the input, the content itself, but also the output or the distribution. And if you sort of think about this in the current context, this is essentially what what uh, Joe Rogan and his podcast and really any other content creator out there is thinking about, which is where do you both get to control the content of the show, but also the distribution. And it's pretty rare to have both. And in many circumstances, you're going to have the content 
uh, be controlled on both sides by generally not the creative. The creative might come up with uh, the idea, the story, but it's going to be edited and it's going to be distributed, uh, distributed by somebody else, right? But we live in a different time now. And, uh, and I think when you're looking at content in the entertainment media sports space, uh, you really have more options, right? So on the social media side, you're going to have um, this idea of you can upload whatever content you want. It can be distributed. And this is where now you have people getting paid. Uh, in other words, influencers getting, pay, getting paid to post content, share content, this sort of thing. And then, of course, you have self-uploaded content platforms like YouTube, where uh, in many ways, social media and YouTube pretty much started this whole um, creator, creator or creative uh, content-driven opportunity where you can both come up with the, the content uh, and then also distribute it as you see fit, obviously fitting in with whatever guidelines or whatever platform you have going on and making sure you're not infringing on people's intellectual property rights, you know, the trademarks, the copyrights, that sort of thing. Although it still does happen. And obviously there's tools to, uh, to take care of some of that in terms of taking it down or what have you. But regardless of how you feel about the uh, Joe Rogan sort of content distribution creation uh, dilemma, uh, this is where we're at, right? In the sense that a lot of people are looking for ways to create content and distribute it in the ways that they want to see it, right? And not be limited. So uh, as it stands now, most streaming platforms, whether it be for music or podcast or uh, film or television, most streaming platforms and your sort of traditional theatrical uh, model, um, they're the ones sort of hosting most of the content. There is a lot of content on YouTube, but generally you're going to one of the streaming platforms to get uh, scripted or unscripted content. Um, and YouTube does have access obviously to, to videos, but it's just, it's a different setting. It's a different model where it's sort of a self upload video thing, unless you're uh, YouTube is directly involved in the content creation or, uh, or something else. But um, again, most streaming platforms are handling a lot of this content, but there is an increasing call and really an interest in creative driven platform distribution. Now, again, in many ways, uh, content has always been driven by creatives, those who write, those who direct, those who act, really the frontline uh, talent in that way, right? Regardless of whether you're talking about entertainment, media, sports content, it doesn't matter. Uh, and then of course you have those who are behind the line um, who handle everything else, the folks on set, what have you, folks in the front office, the folks in the studio, that sort of thing. And sort of making decisions, right? And then of course the creative process has almost always been overseen or controlled by uh, studio executives or streamers or folks who are uh, tasked with those responsibilities. And of course, studios and streamers have also always controlled the distribution of content, how it gets distributed, where it gets distributed, that sort of thing. At least that's been the historical model that we've dealt with. But today, creatives are really, they're garnering much more control over the process. And we can see this across industries in entertainment, media, sports. In sports, there has been a call for the last five, 10 years, at least uh, an industry-wide push, if you will, to give talent more control over their name, image, and likeness. And this, of course, has happened. Uh, last week's episode, we we're talking about name, image, and likeness and the whole Ohio State um, uh, model and them getting involved with the direct 
um, sort of selling of name, image, and likeness for, for the athletes. But there, again, there's been this push to give creatives uh, and entertainers more, um, more sort of rights up front and, and to allow them to kind of control the process and that sort of thing. I think part of that is driven by maybe an awareness amongst studios and teams and the NCAA, if you will, that uh, this idea that uh, having the creator creatives or creatives and the talent really control the content is best because that they tell the, it tells a good story. Uh, I think maybe it's also uh, people could make the argument that it's, it's about a rights situation in terms of uh, giving folks who are creating things a little more say and uh, how they want them to be distributed and how they want them to look. So again, there's sort of this ongoing discussion with this, but the reality of it is, is creators do have more uh, access to platforms and more access to create and distribute content as they see fit. Uh, and of course, this is shown by athletes producing more and more content uh, and becoming investors in themselves and products and services. You know, how many athletes do we know now? There's there's at least 20 that I could think of that have their own production uh, sort of studios and looking to develop uh, sports content. Now, of course, look, at the end of the day, this is going to be limited, right? Not every athlete is going to be a top, you know, a top 10, top 20 athlete. But that doesn't mean you can't create content. It doesn't mean that you can't be a good investor. It just means that it just might be on a smaller scale, right? And as long as you're staying true to yourself and you're creating the content that you want, uh, there's not going to be a problem there. You know, you don't need to be, uh, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in this idea that you create content for the sake of creating content that you believe is good. And that if you put out good content, uh, eventually the, the fans, the money, the what have you uh, will come, right? But focus on creating good content. And I think I picked up on that. Um, it seems like a natural thing to pick up on, but I think uh, Tim Ferriss in his book, Tools of Titans talks about that as well. Now, of course, the great thing about more competition in terms of more platforms, uh, more ability to create and distribute in sort of uh, in different fashion, it creates more competition, right? So now you have competition among platforms, uh, which creates more opportunities for streamers to fight over content for their platforms, which means the price goes up, which means there's more ability to give, um, you know, when you have demand for content, the price not only goes up, but then generally going to give more uh, rights to creatives in terms of um, sort of the process, right? So it, we again, we live in an interesting time. There's a lot of growth uh, with it, with, with regard to streamers and, and, uh, content creation. Now, of course, when you're looking at streamers like Amazon prime, uh, which just rate, it's going to be raising its price, I think $20 per year here in the next month or so. When you're looking at Amazon prime, you look at Apple TV plus and Netflix. I mean, look, these are, are streaming platforms that are unlikely to allow posting directly, um, you know, like for somebody to upload a video or content or whatever, this is not going to be like YouTube. But in places like the metaverse, um, there will be uh, creatives driving that process because the metaverse is based on this principle, really, that it's the sum of the people that make it great. It's the sum of the people that are involved that make it what it is. And the metaverse is no different than the world we live in. It's just the metaverse is a digital version of it. And 
Uh, if anybody's ever seen the movie Ready Player One by Steven Spielberg, uh, obviously a great example of what that metaverse might look like. But the point is, is that the metaverse will be driven by creatives. They're going to create the content. They're going to engage with it. Um, and really, it gets to the point where creatives and participants uh, will be both the entertainers and the entertained, right? So you're going to be both the entertainer and the consumer. And again, that's probably not much different than it is today. I think that in terms of the, the non-digital world, but uh, the difference is, is that there's just more opportunity to become an entertainer. I mean, just you know, flip through Instagram and you see what people are doing with regard to pictures and videos and overlays with music and the deals that Universal Music has made with uh, Facebook and Instagram. And in terms of, you know, now you can post music with your uh, with your videos and and or with your post or what have you. And uh, that was something that was not possible before. Now it is because of technology and because of the rights that have been secured. People may have um, posted music before, but, you know, it was generally done illegally and you didn't have the rights to, to post that music in terms of uh, getting the the licensing, but now it's there and, and it's pretty much automatic. And I would even compare the music licensing rights, licensing rights that you get um, with uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I'll, I'll stick with Facebook. Um, when it, when it, when you talk about the licensing rights there, uh, there's a lot of similarity um, when you're talking about uh, other platforms, other ways to distribute content and the way deals are normally done uh, when you have um, rights secured. So again, we have this sort of new area of content, this, uh, this idea where you have creators basically coming up with the content, having more control over the process, and also getting to choose uh, where distribution uh, occurs as well. So uh, before we move into the second part of the show, let's take a quick commercial break. Uh, for a couple more of our show sponsors. Want to make some money? Check out Masterworks. How about investing in an exciting asset that's outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% over the last 25 years? I'm talking about art. Masterworks is a new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol without needing millions. Over 300,000 people have already signed up. Get priority access with our unique promo code. Log on to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. You can also see important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclosures. Again, that's masterworks.io slash disclosures. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. That's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best, the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you'll never have to worry about a slow connection and plans start at under $4 a month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com believe or use the believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, 
to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free online. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. All right, folks, so we are back. Thank you again to our show sponsors. And we're talking about this idea of content creation and content creation um, really having uh, content creators having a little more say when it comes to what they're, what they're putting out there, uh, which is somewhat related to this idea of uh, content distribution, because I think when you control the content process, you're going to have more say in terms of um, sort of what gets out there, right? So the last point we were talking about with this idea that traditional streamers are probably not going to be in a situation where they're going to open up uh, their platforms to people uploading content, but it's definitely true that Netflix has hired more creators and given them more power over the process. So obviously there's still oversight, you know, what have you, but then we've talked about this idea of the metaverse and really it being a uh, place for uh, creatives to drive that where you can be both an entertainer and you can be entertained. Now, the one thing that's interesting about entertainment is that it somewhat lags behind sports when it comes to a sort of a significant use of analytics uh, particularly in the space of monetary value. So when you're looking at like baseball players uh, and athletes in general, and of course with baseball players, you have an all, a whole arbitration process that you can go through where uh, you generally controlled by the team for the first three years. And then this, the, uh, the years four five and six, you have an opportunity to go to arbitration um, for baseball players. And the reason I bring that up is that in sports, you have the ability to utilize statistics and salary numbers to determine your next salary. And you're doing it by comparing yourself to comparable players who are or who were similarly situated. Now in entertainment, this is a lot more difficult because contracts are private. For the most part, you're not getting reports on what somebody got paid. It's pretty rare. If it does, it's usually a leak. Um, Whereas baseball, it's like they, they, in any sport, you're really putting it out there saying, this is what the guy got paid. This is what she got paid. Everything is really put out there. Um, and, and it's completely acceptable. If anything, it's sort of a measuring stick uh, for players. But uh, the sort of, uh, in terms of like what, what your next salary should be, this is not something that's normally done in entertainment. Um, now in entertainment, again, contracts are much more private. And of course, you do have services like Nielsen that can provide, you know, guesstimated ratings and viewership numbers, and then maybe you can use that to negotiate a salary. But it's just completely different. And in sports, you're measuring everything, and uh, you know every statistic is taken down, and then you're going to use those numbers to justify your next bargaining position and what salary you should get paid. It's just it's completely different in entertainment, and I just think that. Um, once you give creators and creatives more, more opportunity up front to control the process and to control the distribution process on the back end, uh, you're going to give them a little more power, a little more say in that. And of course, and then when it comes down to what do they get paid, there's always been um, maybe a little bit of a lack of transparency there when it comes to streaming views or minutes viewed and profitability, particularly in the streaming space. But now we have the technology to track a lot of this stuff. 
And there's a new group called WIO Pro, W-I-O Pro, uh, that has launched a platform that will track the airing of film and television content and then comparing data to payments. So they'll say, here's what you got paid. Here's how many times it was streamed. Here's the shortfall, right? This is where audit provisions, by the way, come in, become, come in handy, really important in contracts because if you have an audit provision in your contract and you also have, let's say, you get interest on the findings. So let's say you get 10% or something if there's a shortfall. Um, and sometimes in negotiations, they'll try to limit it to where if it's less than a certain amount of money, you don't get a percentage or if, you know, or basically it's less than a certain amount of money, like there's no fault or what have you. But again, programs like WIO Pro or WIO Pro are coming out to help bring in more analytics, more statistics, more data to track content uh, distribution. And this is great for everybody. This is great for consumers because then they get to see uh, hopefully um, how popular something is. Uh, the folks who are the creators will get to get paid based on what they agreed to in terms of the rate and uh, and also how much it was distributed. And of course, this is great for studios too, because then they'll have a level of transparency there, I think, that uh, would be very helpful uh, for streamers and studios. And of course, with a significant amount of content being distributed on multiple platforms across the globe, uh, having the ability to track consumption data, I think will just help level the playing field for everybody. Uh, so you have places like Spotify and Peacock that can be um, more accountable when it comes to creative impact showing true value. And I'm not saying that they haven't done that. What I'm saying is that we now have the tools to monitor this. And I think that's good for everybody. Uh, and again, these same tracking tools could also be used in, in a place like the metaverse, uh, where maybe, um, you know, you're sort of getting points or you're in sort of some sort of coin system where that's, that's where your compensation is. Uh, and you, know, you can also use blockchain technology uh, to track entertainment transactions, where potentially you could have studios and creatives getting paid directly by the source, the listener, to basically say, you listen to it, you pay, you pay this, you pay that. That might be uh, far-fetched, but I think blockchain technology will have a part in sports and entertainment. There's no doubt about it. It's just a matter of uh, how big of a part will it have. And of course, anytime you're using blockchain technology, it takes away this additional need of more, more accounting or having to dig deeper because if the, if the transaction is clear, and there's no issues and there's trust in the process and there's trust in the platform. Um, you know, I think that's going to create for a better environment for everybody. But I, I would say, needless to say, the entertainment media and sports industries are really on the precipice of change. Um, I think one is where technology can help guide and determine the outcome of transactions and help creators both create the content, but also distribute it and have more control over that process. But also one who I think where technology can hopefully increase safety and transparency um, with regard to content creation and distribution and, um, and maybe even help with uh, piracy and some of those other issues that go on. So um, anyways, folks, really appreciate listening in. Uh, th this, this episode, we've talked about this idea of creatives really driving the content creation, having more control over that 
and then also more control over the distribution process, which in many ways go hand in hand, because if you create something, but you don't have a good distribution platform, you're going to be at the will of the folks who control the distribution, because they're going to want it a certain way for you to get it on their platform, right? And they're going to want something in exchange for it. But uh, I think once you have, you get in a situation where you have more control over content creation and distribution, I think it levels the playing field. So that's where we're at, folks. Again, appreciate listening in. I'm your host, Jeremy Evans of the Believe in Sports Law podcast. Thank you again to our show sponsors. And um, thank you again for making us the number one sports law podcast in the world. Look forward to being back with you next week. I hope that you enjoy the Super Bowl and uh, time with your uh, family and friends. So thank you so much. Have a great week. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube